Welcome to Grace Point Direct, a place where we can dig a little bit deeper into the topics that we should all find interesting. I'm your host, Taylor Wood. Make sure to download the Grace Point app. The app's got a lot of really cool things in it, like upcoming events, a place to give, and a place that you can submit prayer requests. One of my personal favorite features of the app is whenever they send out those little push notifications so I get a banner on my phone, letting me know all the cool things that are coming up. So download the app and stay in the know. This past Sunday, our church made a really great decision whenever we hired Tim Terrazas as our pastor of ministry operations. Now, at Grace Point, we've got a lot of ministry that goes on. We've got a lot of global adventures. We've got local outreach. We've got small groups. We've got serving each week. Lots of stuff goes on uh, that we've decided to help build the kingdom of God here in Northwest Arkansas. And honestly, that's the things that we want to talk about. But the reality is there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that well, maybe we would call the business side of the church. And really what it comes down to when I talk about that is stewarding the resources and the things that we've all decided to do together to the best of our um, capabilities in order to make sure that ministry continues on. And I believe that that Tim is going to be a major addition to our staff and helping us move forward organizationally and uh, really keep a good hand on the stewardship of our church. So when you see him and his family around on a Sunday, make sure that uh, you welcome them in the way that Grace Pointers know how to welcome people. This week's episode is a continuation of a conversation we started last week with Devin and Emily Arredondo about how to church camp. And this week specifically, we're going to be talking about um, how to bring your kids back from uh, church camp or how to come back from camp. So enjoy the conversation uh, between Devin, Emily, and myself. We've talked about what happens at camp. Right, we we kind of experienced that that the week of a couple of our our points from last week was um, make sure that you're camping along with your kid, yeah. and make sure that um, those things that make camp so special. So have some fun, maybe like you know <laughs> carve out an hour to go have some fun. Um, uh, make absolutely. sure that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. Why? Like, this is your time, man. Your kid's yeah. gone. Like, like, figure it out. Like, cancel that meeting at work and and just like take the repercussions or whatever it is. You know, <laughs> where, where, where's your hour of fun? Uh, you know, maybe carve the hour of fun out. Maybe uh, carve out some time, uh, some Bible time. Say, you know what? I'm not in a good Bible rhythm, mm-hmm. um, but I'm going to change that now. I'm going to at least do one uh, 15 minute. Uh, read through each day. I'm just yeah. gonna take 10 minutes each day. I'm gonna I'm gonna do some rhythm. My kid's doing it this week, uh, so I'm gonna do some rhythm myself. Maybe it's uh, I'm gonna worship at some time. I'm gonna turn some worship music on while I'm cleaning the house and uh, try to try to experience some worship on my yeah, own. So on. maybe some practical things, right? How are you camping this mm-hmm. week or the the same week uh, with your kid? But this episode you're listening to when your kid's already back from camp. So if you didn't do those things, that's okay. Only the Lord knows, first of all. Second, um, you know, you had that opportunity to do that this week. You have the opportunity to take one thing from that experience and try it. So since we had such a great episode last week talking about the week of, I want to push into what happens afterwards, and I'm going to pull the skeptical Taylor back up to the back up to the surface. Mm. I'm going to try to personify some. We um, like skeptical Taylor. Do I, we? I don't like those. <laughs> yeah, no one likes that person. Actually, um, you just ask the questions that you know. 
yeah, yeah. Well, everybody's thinking. thinking. Everyone's thinking, thinking it. Yeah, so. yeah. So, so the, the what I want to push into for this episode, I think, will be a really interesting jumping-off point for us, is uh, something that kind of stands out to be a potential issue, uh, a potential problem, if you will. And I think camp gets blamed for it, but I'm not, I'm not positive that it's camp's fault. (laughs) Camp's not a human. It's not a thing. It's just a thing. Right. So, um, but for some, some people call this, I'm just going to try to put words around what I've heard people express over the years. So Mm -hmm. some people call this uh, spiritual highs or Mm -hmm. you just got that camp high or maybe mountain topics, mountain top experience, you know, like, Oh, you've come down from the mountain now. Like uh, you've experienced, something as opposed to real life change. Uh, I mean, regardless, there's a fairly common theme of people, and and I'm going to express this as I think this is actually true. Like this theme that I'm going to represent is actually true. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's, there's a fairly common theme of people going to camp uh, and this spans all ages. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, People going to camp, you know, having some sort of spiritual enlightenment, uh, coming back, if you will, quote, on fire or uh, passionate, more more passionate than usual uh, for spiritual things. But over time, things kind of slip back into what we would see as, you know, maybe normal life or kind of back into your old self, if you will. So I want to unpack that for a little bit. What do you guys think the real problem is? As I, as I kind of explain that scenario of someone going to camp, having some type of experience, but then coming back and slipping, you know, that they express some type of change, but then you really don't see it over time, right? Over time, you see some some fall off, if you will. So what do you guys think the real problem is? And, and why do we sometimes see uh, a fall off of spiritual focus when camp is over? Emily? <laughs> no, I, 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 I'm That's getting there a, a little bit. That's such a deep question, yeah, Taylor. I yeah, I know. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot in that kind of skepticism. And mm. I, I don't even know that I would call it skepticism. I think that's just reality. Right. Like everyone that has been to a camp as a Christian knows that that's true. You go away. There's some kind of mountaintop experience, mm-hmm. spiritual high, extra spiritual moment. Right. And you come back, and maybe it's you've made this declaration to yourself and mm. to God of like, yeah, I'm going to do better and continue mm-hmm. this same rhythm at home. Mm. But we talked about this in the first episode. Like, it's not attainable. Right. Like, you can't continue the concentrated version of spirituality that camp brings into your regular life. And so I think to speak to maybe the concern in that, I just want to normalize it right. and, be, and and let you know, if you're listening to this, that's you. You're like, man, I don't want that to happen. I just want to speak to you really bluntly, I guess, and let you know it's going to happen. Mm. That's the reality. Like that's the nature of what camp brings to us. But I think where 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 you're wanting to go, Taylor, is reframing that because I think we kind of view it as a problem, mm, right? And it's not a problem at all. Like, right? There are moments all throughout Scripture where people have these mountaintop experiences, mm. and then as we we joked about it, maybe in the intro of this, you come down from the mountain. <laughs> that's a reality. Like right. that's yeah. walking with Jesus. There are peaks and valleys and mountaintops experiences and right. everything in between. Right. And so it's understanding that 
you need to remember those mountaintop experiences so that when you get back into the quote unquote normal routine of life and the different pressures and the things that Mm -hmm. come at you, Mm. when you get into that valley, you can remember, oh, here's what God did in me at this one point. Wow. And you pull that back into your mind and it helps push you through that valley. And that might be over-spiritualizing some of it, and I don't mean to do that, but Emily, I'd love to hear kind of what... I kind of think even when you are walking through that, you have to remember, hey, what was I doing when I was on that mountaintop experience, right? Right. Because we have a real enemy, and Mm -hmm. he is coming to, hey, whisper these little things, hey, you don't need to read your Bible anymore. Oh, wow. Too busy for that. Yeah, Mm. let's. you don't need to pray with your kids at the dinner table. It's fine. You guys are too busy. You got all this going on. Right. But what's really important either in your student's life or your kid's life uh, to help kind of sustain that experience while spending time in the Word? Are you training your kids to do that? Are you walking with Mm. them through that? Right. There's a lot to be said too, Emily, uh, as we look at the age differences and kind Mm -hmm. of what families are going to experience. I think the teen has the propensity, um, the the possibility that they're going to live what we talked about, right? They're going to go up and they're going to have some type of right. uh, spiritual enlightenment, and then yeah. they're going to come back. and And maybe there could be a little bit too much focus, um, you know, even personally, of this week was so good, and now I'm back, and nothing's like nothing's the same. Right. And maybe it's like uh, helping your student or you as if you're listening to this and you've had that camp experience, understanding that. When you go into it, don't expect everything to be like this twenty four seven. Just enjoy it while you have it, for sure. Right, and so that there's that. But then I think for the kids, there there's different questions, mm-hmm. right, around the same type of topic for especially a parent, where no one's going to blame a ten year old for going to camp. And then, you know, coming back and saying, I love Jesus now, and then not cleaning their room. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> when they I, love know. Jesus, they clean their room? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that exactly. That'll help some parents. Exactly. <laughs> right. That'll, yeah. Children who love Jesus love to clean their rooms. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, well, so, I mean, but there are some different questions there for the younger age, right? And right. I think a lot of it kind of pushes into, do they actually understand Right. Or comprehend the things that they are saying they experienced. Right. Do they actually know what they are doing when they right. say, hey, I want to ask Jesus to come into my heart? Oh, gosh, right? that's scary. Yeah. Or I want to be baptized. Right. Yeah. Right. So what are we doing as parents to help these conversations uh, go along? Like, how are we talking to our kids about this? Mm-hmm. If they're coming and saying, man, I really want to be baptized, Okay, well, let's talk about that. Right. Like, let's dive into that and really help them understand, or maybe they're not ready yet, but maybe we need to help them get ready for that. Right. And I think that if I can kind of combine these two thoughts um, a little bit and let some air out of the balloon, if you will, because I think there's a lot of pressure and tension Mm -hmm. uh, for someone who went to camp and is coming back and they're making bold statements about their faith and or what they think now. There's a lot of pressure and tension to be that person. Uh, Emily, there's a lot of pressure and tension for parents to manage their kids' spiritual experience, if you will, and like their understanding. And I think that pressure is okay to feel, 
right? But Devin, you talked about normalizing this a little bit. So let's normalize it literally right here and just saying that, number one, expect these questions, right? Expect to struggle coming back and figuring out how to take this new information, this new heart posture, even for an eight-year-old, you know, like taking this new heart posture and actually applying it to life is not a flip of a switch, you know, this right. is something that's going to take time and understanding. But then also, is it fair for me to say that God knows the depths of our hearts? Mm-hmm. We, the heart, like our struggle is that we don't know the depths of other people's hearts. We hardly know the depths of our own heart. Right. Uh, you know, God knows us and our kids and everything at a at such a deep level that isn't he able to work that out that maybe it's not so time sensitive, or maybe it's not like we have to flip that switch right now. They have to understand exactly what they're saying right now, that there's grace in that time period because we serve a God who does know the depths of the heart and has a full understanding of what's going on. Is that, does that help maybe release the pressure of that a little bit, knowing the God that we serve and that he's kind of handling that side of things? Yeah, absolutely. I think even I'll just even speak personally as as a pastor, quote unquote, there's even pressure in ourselves to, man, how am I going to produce life change, for right. lack of a better term? Right. And you've got to take a step back as a parent, as a pastor, as an individual, and remind yourself of that truth, that you're not responsible for the heart change of your kid. You're mm, not responsible... Wow for the heart change of anyone, right? your responsibility is to be obedient and right. exactly what you said, to let the Holy Spirit and the Lord continue to move in their lives. Right. And I have to remind myself of that daily, you know, because right. as humans, you know, we want control over things and it's like, right. oh man, if I just do this 12-step plan, if I do eight keys to being a better <laughs> disciple, you know, whatever then yeah. it'll be all right, you know? And right. as you're saying, it is a, it's a process, you right. know? And Well, in like Proverbs 22, it says, direct your child mm. onto the right path, right? Yeah. It doesn't say, hey, force your child right. to do this, <laughs> or your child's going to be perfect right. or whatever. But us as parents, it's our, right. our responsibility to kind of, hey, direct them right. on that path. Now, Emily, I thought that if you teach your kids the way of the Lord and mm. the right path, they will never depart from it. I thought this is the <laughs> verse This is the verse that assures us that if we say all the right things and we do all the right things for our right. kids, our kids are going to be perfect and live these perfect lives and mm-hmm. have uh, all, everything aligned. Isn't that what that means? Well, that's where choices come in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good old free will. Good, right. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a different episode. That's, different. that's another say theological that. deep that's, conversation. Don't say there. let's not talk. But <laughs> I think that you know we read some verses like that, and mm-hmm. and maybe we we have uh, not as much of an understanding of what those verses are actually saying. But yeah. you know the reality is we can't control our kids' spiritual decisions, right. especially the older they get. Right. Yeah. It's how how are we directing them, and then how are we being an example to them of what God is doing in our life. Yeah. And I think even to speak to maybe the student, if you're listening to this, there's some responsibility that you get to join in as well. Like you can lead parents in these conversations, you know, right. and leading, man, when, when your parents ask you a, a question 
and maybe you want to go a little deeper, or maybe you did experience something at camp and you want to talk to them about that. Right. Like step, you can get, you get to step into that uncomfort zone, discomfort zone as well. Cause it's right. intimidating. Right. It's intimidating to talk about what the Lord has done in your life. And, and I'll just share a quick story, even personally. So camp, I, I talked maybe in the first episode, very, very briefly about how, man, I've seen camp work in my life. Right. Well, when I was a, I was going to be a senior in high school. So my, after my junior year, I went to a summer camp and that's when the Lord kind of called me into ministry. And it was a process after that, mm-hmm. but for whatever reason, you know, I was at camp and I remember vividly, like, this is what I've called you to, Devin. I've called you to some form of vocational ministry. And I didn't really know right. for sure what that was. And it's scary and intimidating. And I remember coming home being scared to share that piece of information with my my mom. Mm. And and there's no way to kind of share this story without it sounding like I'm throwing my mom under the bus. <laughs> and I'm not at all, because as a parent, I can't imagine how intimidating it would be to have your kid come home and say, hey, I, I think I'm feeling called into ministry, oh, yeah. right. and not knowing at all how to process that conversation. Right. And, and so I guess what, what I'm getting at is... Knowing that, so I, so I got back from camp. I was super scared to tell my mom, and I finally did. And because she wasn't really ready for anything like that, mm. it was kind of like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll see right. about that. Like yeah. almost like we were what we're talking about in this conversation. That well, that was probably just a camp high experience. Mm. Right. We'll see if that extra spiritual moment lasts. Right. Instead of kind of this this other opportunity that we have as our students come back, as kids make these decisions, to then instead say, okay, well right. let's walk through that together. Right. You know? Right. And and so and I don't mean to say that to again throw my mom under the bus. It's just to prepare yeah. our people for mm-hmm. these real conversations that might happen. Like your your yeah. student might come back from camp and be like Man, I feel called to the mission field, and oh, wow, yeah. not knowing how to process that, right. but still being okay with you know whatever dreams you might have had right. for your kid to say, okay, well, God might right. be doing this crazy thing in their life, and I want to walk together yeah. in that. Yeah, what em- is God doing in their life? In yeah, their right. Yeah. Emily, is it appropriate? Do you think for us to say, let's just celebrate that? they're trying to listen to what God's saying to them. Is that is that a, too shallow of um, a no. point of emphasis? Or is it is it appropriate for us to say, like, whatever they come home talking about, mm-hmm. let's just celebrate the fact that they're talking about something? Oh, my gosh, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> that they're saying more than one-word answers, right? <laughs> <laughs> How is camp yeah. good? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, so seem to be speaking, of... you seem to be mom but, in right now. <laughs> so. On that same note, Emily, what do you do? Because the reality is we're talking about maybe 5% of the people who go yeah. to camp and come home, have this crazy experience, man, God's calling me to the mission field. God's calling me to be a pastor. You know, most of them are going to come home and be like, it was good. What'd you learn about? <laughs> What'd you learn about? Yeah. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. We had fun. So what kind of questions are yeah, you asking? Yeah, maybe speak him? to that a little bit. Mm-hmm. as Because you you actually have teenagers in your home. Praise and you can the sp- Lord. Yeah. <laughs> you can speak to, to this even a little more than I can from a parent perspective. 
How do you ask them the open-ended questions? The more than you're going to get one-word answers. Exactly. Right? Right? Those are the kind of questions, even on a day-to-day basis, of what are we asking our kids? Are we taking the time to really listen to them, or are we so busy that they come back from camp and we're still in our busy everyday mm. lives that we're not really going to listen to maybe what right. God did in their life. Yeah. Mm. Huge. I'm, I'm calling you to the mission field mm. or where it's, hey, I'm calling you to read your Bible right. and maybe, Small hey, steps. be nicer to your sister. Yeah. We right. can all pray that, right? <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. Amen. <laughs> uh, so let, let me ask this too. And I, I like that you kind of pushed into that, Emily. So we're going to keep coming at you because you need to fix all of our parental problems that okay. we're, we're going to have. Praise Just the Lord. no pressure on that. Right. Um, but I, I want to, to ask this and, and um, as, as we're thinking about um, that conversation with a teen, you know, and I think even that conversation with a kid, mm-hmm. it, could, it could be the same thing. Um, is it accurate or is it okay for me to say, if that only happens, the com the 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 ride home from camp. If that only happens after Easter Sunday. If that only happens after some lock in they go to or whatever. Right. If those conversations aren't normal, why would they trust the conversation? Ooh, mm-hmm. that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because when you don't trust someone, you're not going to open up to them. Right. And tell them these deep experiences. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So if yeah. we're not doing that little by little all the time, yeah, then how are they going to open up to us? I'm just as guilty as everyone saying, yeah. hey, what'd you do today? And really what I'm asking is like, I want my kids to know that I care about them at some level. Right. <laughs> you know, I, and their answer does matter, but I'm probably thinking about like three other things right. that, uh, from my day. Super going, long story. Yeah, yeah. just continually <laughs> talking. You know, I think we've all seen that little yeah. video clip of the mom like slowly closing the door on the kid, just <laughs> rambling about whatever they're, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and I'm just as guilty as, yeah. hey, uh, what was your, what'd you do today? Being a filler question for the car ride and not actually a real question right you know what's crazy though is that if we don't listen to them when they're doing that rambling you know (laughs) of my third grader right now she does that oh man well when they get older then they're gonna think well my mom and dad they don't really care because they didn't listen to me when i did this right or whatever and i was when i went through this big long story and they never asked the second level question Mm. you know they never dug right and yeah. and it digging was like, oh, what color shirt were they wearing? You know, and that may be the dumb question, but right. it's the second level com- yeah. question, right? And so I think that there's some truth to like in some, some uh, practice, if you will, of saying if you're not good at number one, just asking, having conversations in general, then when you want to have them, it's going to feel weird. Mm-hmm. But then number right. two, you have to practice getting into that second level question. Yeah, yeah. those deeper questions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jessica was once saying that she knew when her son was holding a football, then they were tossing around a football. He would talk to her way more because that's just what she knew about him. Uh, So how well do we know our kids? Maybe it's not the car ride home. Maybe they're like, leave me alone. I don't want to talk about it. I'm so tired or (laughs) whatever. Maybe it's later at night. So we have to kind of, what is your kid? Right. You know, when is the best time for them? But you still have to ask those questions. Right. So final little push here on this conversation, uh, because I really want to leave people with some practical uh, applications here. 
So the last little push that I want to do here on this conversation is uh, some practical application for people and really actually giving some reframing to how we view the terms spiritual high, camp high, mountaintop experience, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Um, I, I think it would be appropriate for us to move to um, – seeing things as spiritual moments, right? Extra spiritual moments, maybe like even more than, cause we should probably be having spiritual moments on somewhat of a week to week basis or a month to month basis ourselves. But when we go to camp, we have these extra spiritual moments. They're not highs, right. they're just moments. Um, what's some practical ways that we can one view this, but two, uh, maybe help those things have some longevity. Yeah, exactly. And I love the way we're kind of reframing this from like the negative version to like, right. no, this is a good thing. To have an extra spiritual moment is an incredible thing. Right. And we talked, I talked a little bit about it and we talked a little bit about it at the beginning where, you know, we see these moments throughout scripture mm. and it it's just a matter of, for lack of a better term, like memorializing those moments, mm. like writing it down in a journal having those conversations, you know, really right. practical things. We see key moments all throughout Scripture where God takes these extra spiritual moments and then asks His people to memorialize that high, quote-unquote. Right. And and so we've got to help each other know that this is a time we're going to continue to look back on. Right, mm-hmm. right. So you, as, you're, as you're thinking through that student perspective, yeah. right, um, you guys are going to do that as a student group, but but it would be – I love that you brought in that Old Testament feel, really, mm-hmm. of like the God of the Old Testament saying, Abraham, you've had this extra special moment. I want you to literally build an altar so right. that when future generations come by, they remember that God provided mm-hmm. right there. God moved. He did something. I'm literally seeing it. So, Emily, as we're talking about um, this God of the Old Testament that's literally asking Abraham and and these other Old Testament figures to build literal altars so that people can see that God moved there, um, what what's an opportunity for maybe a parent to come around a kid and for or maybe them – is it would it be totally weird for them to have some type of physical representation of <laughs> the spiritual moment, you know? that Build an altar in their kitchen? Yeah, build an yes. altar in your kitchen. Yeah, that's <laughs> weird. Taylor. That might be yeah, weird. That be weird. <laughs> yeah, that might would be weird. We don't build altars anymore. We don't. That's true. That's Praise true. the Lord. Yes. Another theological conversation uh, for a future podcast. Uh, but there's got to be something there, right? Because yeah. I know I will forget. Let me just yeah. say that. That's why. Well, I'm asking. what do you yeah. do? You know, as a parent, to remind or remember vacations, right? You take mm. pictures. You oh, put them in yeah. a photo album, right. and then I promise you, my kids don't remember the vacation. They remember it because of the pictures. Yep. Uh, and they look yeah. back. So what can you do to help your kids remember, hey, what did God teach them? What did they learn? Right. Is it maybe printing off some of the things that they have said, journaling together about it, having them draw pictures of the camp experience and what God has done in their life? Right. And then building on that each day. So how are you going to spend time in the Word? How are you going to spend time together mm-hmm. with your family? Are you going to make it a priority at dinner? Every right. Wednesday, we're going to do this together as a family right? and build off of what God is already doing in their lives. Right. I love that. I love that yeah. you said that, uh, like taking pictures, you know, those are memorials. Those are monuments, Absolutely. if you will, you know, and I love the idea of a kid. Uh, I know my eight-year-old is uh, really, um, and I know this isn't every every kid, but uh, he really sits and thinks about things. He internalizes oh, yeah. things. 
And uh, I can I could imagine him laying in bed, internalizing something, and then looking across the room and seeing a picture of him at Canacook, you know, mm-hmm. when he goes, um, and maybe that being a help to him. Yeah, and, to absolutely. Yeah. Well, and even to touch a little bit on this too, it's that concept of what gets celebrated gets remembered. Oh yeah. And yeah, That's if a good you one. are with your kids and you're celebrating, you know, what fun did you do? And you focus mm. all on that, mm. you know, they're going to remember maybe they had some fun, but then that's right. going to fade really quick. Right. That's true. But you celebrate what God did in their lives and they'll remember that forever. What an awesome conversation over the last couple of weeks with Devin and Emily. And I know that I took away uh, some really great things as a parent. I think that there's some really great points, even as an individual who um, may be going to church camp or has gone to church camp. Uh, But I want to say, I hope that we expanded this conversation enough that it's not just about the people who've gone to church camp or being a parent of a kid at church camp. You know, being able to camp is important in our spiritual lives as individuals. So I want to give you three steps on uh, how to help you remember our spiritual moments, because that's kind of what we we reframed or reshaped this conversation to be is that church camp's not about a spiritual high. It's just it's just another spiritual moment that God can use in our lives to shape us. So three steps to help us remember our spiritual moments. Number one expect life and expect your spiritual journey to be a process expect the spiritual moment to be a process this is called discipleship it's, it's a, we want you know instant gratification for so many things but it's going to be a process number two ask questions ask questions to yourself ask questions to your friends ask questions to your kids and you know what one of two things is going to happen you'll either know the answer uh, or you won't know you know if you ask questions or you have questions asked to yourself you'll know the answer or you don't and one cool thing that we've done uh, with our kids before is you know I don't know the answer do you guys want to look that up when we get home or uh, we even do the uh, hey let's ask Siri and see what Siri says and then we kind of laugh whenever Siri doesn't know what we said so uh, number one, expect it to be a process. Number two, ask questions to your kids. Ask questions to yourself. Ask questions to those around you. Number three, remember that what gets celebrated gets remembered. So take pictures. Keep uh, some sort of uh, you know knickknack or something from your experience. But what gets celebrated gets remembered. So we've got these three things that I really believe if we can get into practice of doing, then maybe these spiritual moments won't fall off. You know, maybe we won't struggle with the fact that, um, man, you know, my kid has come back and they said this and they've done that, but um, it doesn't seem like it's sticking. Well, put some things into practice and maybe we can see some longevity and some difference come um, in our uh, discipleship journeys. So. We want to make sure that we are doing this. We want to make sure that we are engaging with each other on a week-to-week basis. And most importantly, we want to make sure that we are showing and sharing Jesus in everyday conversations with everyday people. Live Sent.